Welcome to The Daily Influence, where our mission is to deliver a daily dose of positive influence that can uplift you personally or be shared within your sphere of influence. While not every episode may directly apply to your unique circumstances, we strive to provide insights and inspiration relevant to most people's daily, weekly, and monthly lives. Whether you are tuning in during the morning, noon, or night, The Daily Influence is here for you. Listen, share, and embrace the power of influence in your life. Hey everybody, Brian Smith here with The Daily Influence, and we are going to continue our discussion today on bias. Today is types of bias, and there are many types of bias. We've danced around the last few days of identifying our biases and uh, reacting to our biases and understanding uh, our biases, but we haven't really talked about the types of biases that um, we are challenged with individually. On both sides, what we live with, our own biases, and what we're challenged with in our everyday life, uh, the biases of others, the ones we see, we might not even participate in them, we just see the effects of them, the influence of them in other people's lives. It might be friends, it might be family, It might be somebody we don't even know, but it still influences us. I can tell you that Renee doesn't like conflict, but when she sees a bias being influenced on another, uh, it raises her anxiety level. There's a sense of wrong there. And it's hard to intercede in those things because we don't understand. It might not be a bias. It might be something else. It might be individual to an action and have nothing to do with a a bias. Uh, It might be a mix of both, but the sense of wrong uh, and the influence those interactions have um, come from ourselves. Uh, Identifying the types of biases can help us when we add it to what we've already learned. I'm going to go through uh, actually rather quickly what these biases are and Uh, I'll talk about each of them just a little bit. It's going to take self-reflection, some understanding, and some conversations with yourself and with others just to pull some of these out and think about them differently. You might want to write them down. You might want to come back to them and ask yourself if you are influenced by any of these biases within your areas of influence, friends, family, work, whatever that might be, and wherever you might see them, or wherever you might witness them in other parties. And then you might want to just kind of go through them and dissect them. I'm going to start with confirmation bias. It's when we refuse to draw a conclusion based on reality, and instead we draw conclusions based on personal preferences, personal beliefs, personal values or personal desires. Confirmation bias means that we might not listen to any other fact. We might just call it, it's not a fact because it doesn't align with us. Confirmation bias can be very dangerous because it's very personal. It comes from someplace deep. Um, One of the best ones for me was growing up, the whole Democratic and Republican you know, why are you a Democrat? Well, because my parents are all Republicans. And back in the day of the 60s and 70s, it wasn't Republicans were bad. They were just, they, 
they are Republicans, we are Democrat, we are right, they are wrong. And the only basis for that was is how we were brought up. We rarely, in those days, really slowed down to understand anything beyond those differences, especially as children. And that's where these biases can be layered in, is as children, through our younger years, as we observe what's going on around us, we observe the biases of others and take them on ourselves as fact and reality. And that's where they really become personal preferences, beliefs, values, and desires of self is through this evolution of our self-influence. It's the I am we. I am the accumulation of all the experiences I've had and what comes with that are biases also. Confirmation bias often comes from this, mostly probably comes from uh, these life experiences. Uh, affinity bias or similarity bias is easily connecting with others who look like us, have similar interests or backgrounds or experiences, personalities. We might see a group or meet a person who is very similar to us, so we become biased to them. We, we, we get on their side. Uh, we can come to their aid faster. We, we can do a lot of head nodding and agreement faster. And the opposite of that is, is we can challenge others who don't agree with them. And the only reason why we agree is because we feel similar to them. We might not actually know, or we might actually under thought think, well, you know, most of the time I don't agree with this person, but I'm going to take their side anyhow, uh, because, uh, they're my friend, and uh, that's it. So that is affinity or similarity bias. And those are dangerous places sometimes, um, especially if any of those biases bubble out in emotion and we find ourselves joining in uh, because it's similar or we feel familiar with it and we don't really understand the issue. We're just joining in for the emotion. So slowing that down and, and challenging it is really important. Uh, beauty bias, such as height, weight, um, and the abilities of people uh, are beliefs that the more attractive people or the more qualified or competent, or just the opposite, the more people, again, affinity that are like us, um, are who we're going to ascribe to. And uh, we might attribute how successful they are to these more shallow identification processes. You're successful because you're pretty. You're successful because you're smart. You're successful because you're surrounded by other pretty or smart people, or you're not successful for that reason. We can then get into these groups and from those groups create biases. And then those biases build and fester on themselves and take us into a place where they turn from beauty bias to affinity or similarity bias. And then they end up becoming this confirmation bias in the end, or all of them. Halo or horn effect biases put people on a pedestal or condemn them for eternity because of something they did. When we learn or we're impressed uh, with somebody, whatever it is that made us impressed with them, may have us biased to that person and overlook other behaviors they have that put us uh, in difficult situations. But we accept those difficult situations because of 
that one thing that they did, or maybe if it's even two or three or more influences they have. And we are biased to that person, so we will ignore any negative aspect, or vice versa. Uh, we condemn somebody and, and we put people in this negative place and we ignore the positive aspects of them. We see this a lot in politics, actually. Um, we totally disagree with a politician and say that that politician is totally wrong, not giving them credit for the things that they might be right about. And we never hear about that from opposition. We only hear about the negatives. And what that does is it breaks down the opportunity for discussion. It breaks down the opportunities for collaboration. It breaks down the opportunities for us to work together. And if we both employed this more objective, thoughtful approach uh, towards these halo or horn effect uh, biases that we might have, we might not fall into some of the other biases we have, and we might actually open ourselves up to getting more things done, having more compromise, having a better, more positive influence path in front of us. Contrast bias is a combination of halo and horns effects when we compare two or more things, leading to an exaggeration. Um, so contrast bias is multiplying some of the halo or horn effects with some of the other biases we have, and it just makes it more powerful. And this is how powerful biases can be and how they can build on each other and how they can influence us, good, bad, or indifferent. But it's also identifying these biases, as we've talked about the last few days, especially now that we're naming them, can help us to unravel them and use them to our advantage to move us forward. As we've said, it takes time, it takes patience, slowing down, listening to learn, having empathy. Uh, understanding the emotions we have from these biases, what the influences are that we have, and, and holding ourselves and others responsible for those influences is important to moving us through bias and into better positive influence together. Gender bias is another one, obviously, saying that men or women are uh, better than the others. This happens all the time. We talk about women's rights. Uh, the challenges that women have had, rightfully so, but it creates biases on both sides now. And we can tilt uh, the, this, the pendulum in the wrong way and create new biases out of coming out of some of these other biases. And by the way, that's going to be the discussion tomorrow about unintended consequences, how we can move the pendulum too far in an opposite direction as we start to challenge biases. Age bias is another one, too young, too old. We get ourselves stuck. We also ignore the opportunity for advantages from different generations. Fresh thought, fresh perspective, uh, experience, past experience, new experience, foundational experience. When you commingle new and old together, powerful things can happen. And if we allow biases to get in the way, it gets in the way of the potential of positive influence, individual influence, both singular and as a group when we come together, multi-gender, multi-age, multi-generational. It reduces the power of that commingling, that, that commingling of knowledge and experience, that commingling of freshness and newness, uh, of perspective, and we get in the way when we let biases get in our way. 
performance biases is, is assuming that certain groups are more important than others. This happens in companies all the time where you hear the sales is the most important or uh, marketing is most important. And we have a bias towards those things. And when we do that as leaders or as managers, we tend to move towards those things, ignoring the importance of other aspects of organizations, of the performance of others. And when that happens is when we get these seesaws and we create these opportunities for growing too fast. And growing too fast, if you only focus on sales because you think they're the only ones who are important, can break customer service, can break our ability to support sales, uh, can break our ability to collect the money for those sales. There are so many different issues. Having performance bias is dangerous. Again, commingling, balancing, understanding them, and talking about them can help work that out, help bring more balance, bring more positive influence into your areas of influence. Likeability bias. Um, goes along with some of the other ones. You like somebody for a certain reason, their social beliefs, uh, they're, uh, because they're women, because they're men, but you like them just for that reason. That really dovetails into some of the previous biases that we have. Uh, attribution bias is when we identify a flaw in another individual and then attribute that flaw to their success or failure. You are only successful because of this attribute and you discount the effort that was put in. You discount uh, the influence that got them there. It's only that attribute that gots, gets them there. And that's an attribute bias. And it's dangerous there also because we dismiss the path, the influence, the, the I am we that goes into developing each human and where we are in this moment. Maternal bias, moms are better than dads for certain things. Dads are better than moms for certain things. Having maternal bias uh, can influence us negatively. It can influence us positively also. But as we commingle that and we begin to generalize and allow what we expect of one or the other uh, to unfold and we talk about it, it can make for a more well-rounded individual and better opportunity for positive influence. And then there's the intersectionality. One of the most dangerous biases out there, and primarily the most dangerous biases for the person being held bias against. Intersectionality is when we commingle very specific biases that generally are social uh, biases. For example, race and sexuality, race and gender, sexuality and gender, those types of things. And when we start to commingle and compound biases, they become more and more negative generally. They become more and more destructive to the individual, the small eye individual, the, the single person individual or group. And they tend to elevate emotion and they tend to bring a tremendous amount of negativity that makes unraveling bias way more difficult. Intersectionality bias also generally moves us into bigotry, racism, and all of that type of negativity, which is not a bias, generally speaking. It's a very dangerous place to be uh, that comes out of biases oftentimes, and it really gets in the way of any effective discussions to overcome those things. 
understanding bias, understanding if you have any of these bias and where they come into play uh, is really important. Going through them, identifying them, and then thinking about how you can challenge them would be the most positive thing that, that I feel and that we feel you could do with the understanding of your own biases. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the unintended consequences of dealing with biases and what can happen when we start to challenge bias and how those unintended consequences can get in our way and derail us. I hope you have another great day and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.